Hey everyone, it is brilliant to be together today. Just a few quick uh, notices and uh, thoughts of things going forward. One of the things as a leadership that we would love to be doing more is fasting together. Now, for those of you who don't know what fasting is, it's really where you can fast anything actually, but usually because food has such a hold on us, uh, what we do is we usually choose to fast or forego a meal or a few meals for a period of time. And what that really helps you do is when you get hungry is you think about, well, why am I not having this meal? And it should lead us to think about the Lord and pray. So biblically, there's loads of scripture about praying and fasting and how those work together and how God does something special in those moments. So I want you to stay tuned in the week ahead where we're going to give a few short video explanations and otherwise some WhatsApp and email messages on how we want to do this as a church. And we want to start together sort of doing one meal together on a certain day. And then maybe two meals on a certain day and building up over the next few months because we think it will be uh, vital, just a dramatic impact for the church. Um, so we're, we're really excited about that. And we're also going to be looking as things start to open up, how we can do some different things with youth, how we can do some different things in terms of uh, communion together. And so also be ready and expectant for that. Um, I would love us to pray and then we are going to go into a few songs together and after that we will dive into the message for today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are always at work, that you are always on the move. I want to thank you that you know the end from the beginning. I want to thank you that you know all things. I, I want to thank you that as Christ follows you work everything for our good no matter what it looks like in the present you are always working for our good and for your glory. I pray that wherever we are on the journey of faith today whether we are checking out the Christian faith for the first time in these few minutes or whether we've been a Christ follower for many years I ask Holy Spirit that you would speak to us today, that you would challenge us, you would show us more of the reality of who you are and ultimately at the end of our time together we would be able to get up from our screens or, or, or walk away from our screens knowing that we have been in the presence of the living God and so I ask that you would, you would really be with us in a special way today. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Great, we are going to sing a few songs together. Um, they are going to be up with words on the screen. If you don't know the songs, just enjoy listening to them. Think about the words, but otherwise sing along together, whether it's with family or friends or by yourself. And we will then get into the message after that. So let's spend a little bit of time singing together. Great, so special for us to be able to sing together. And there's just something powerful that happens in music. God's created us that way and so I, I trust that was a special time for you. Now a few weeks ago we looked at the start of a mini-series that I entitled Storm the Gates which really comes out of Jesus sharing with his disciples and him by uh, in Caesarea Philippi and him sharing and saying you know in spite of the horrific things that are happening around here in spite of what things may look like I am going to build my church and the gates of hell, the, the evil in the world is not going to overcome it. And I want you to be part of this process. And even when the battle gets fierce, and it really does, we need, to, we need to know that we're in a spiritual war. We need to know that every day, as much as things may seem like they're normal on the outside, we are in a deep spiritual war. 
even though it may sometimes look like God's church is not advancing and as people are losing ground, nothing is going to get in the way of God building his church. And we we can believe this as Christ followers. We can know this as Christ followers. No amount of coronavirus, no amount of media work or untruths, no amount of muddled up sexuality, no amount of horrific violence or abortion, depravity, no weakening of television censorship or persecution is going to stop what God is doing. And this can bring us great confidence to know that he is at work regardless. And so today, I want us to do a fast forward in time. You see, we don't just know what Jesus is doing now. We don't just know what he did in the past, but we know how the story ends and that changes everything. But why? Why does it change everything? Well, does life ever not go the way you would expect? Well, I mean, take this year, for example, all of us sitting, I would imagine in October, November, December, something like that would have had plans for the year and plans for 2020 and what it was going to look like that have been absolutely changed. But what about family holidays? What about a business decision? Maybe even something as small as a meal at a restaurant. You went into it with one expectation and came out with a completely different experience. And I'm sure if we were all together here, I'd be able to say how often has that happened to you or has that happened to you and people would be able to raise their hands. Now, imagine what life would look like if you knew exactly how every situation was going to turn out. Imagine what it would look like. How many areas of life would we live differently, would we do differently if we knew the exact outcome. It would change the decisions you made, where you spent your time and what you invested in because you would already know the end outcome. I personally would have done loads differently if I knew what would break in a certain vehicle that I was driving and when it would break. If I knew which restaurant I would get food poisoning at, at which meal I would get that poisoning or which road police would be on without a shadow of a doubt. We would all do things differently, and that's just to name a few. But we don't know all things. Yes, we can know some things by the guiding of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us, he tells us things, he he warns us of things, and he shows us different things. But there are many things we will never, ever know in this lifetime because we're not God. We can't know everything. But when it comes to life, there are some things that you and I can know exactly without a shadow of a doubt. And if we truly believe that we can know these things, it should change our decisions that we make and what we care about dramatically. So I'm gonna look at just three things that we know without a shadow of a doubt exactly are going to happen. Firstly, God will get the victory. No matter what things look like on earth at the moment or in the future or have looked in the past, He will get the victory. Number two, there is going to be a judgment where we are judged according to what we've done on earth and rewards. We are going to be rewarded for how we've lived. And thirdly, there is a world to come that is completely perfect, free from sin forever. Those are three incredible things, if they're true, which I believe with all my heart. And I I want to read from Scripture to back this up. And I want you to get into your hearts and your minds these three truths as well. So if you have your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to Revelation 
chapter 20. We're going to read from chapter 20 verses uh, 10 and then it goes into 21. And I just love this because this is talking about the truths of things that are going to come to pass. So let's read this together. Verse 20, it talks about a final battle where God defeats Satan once and for all. And this is what it says. The devil, Satan, who deceived them, who deceived people in the world, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You see, they'll be tormented in a place absent from God's presence, a place called hell. Then it goes on verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and one seated on it. Heaven and earth fled from his presence and no place was found for them. This is the greatness of the God that we can know and serve. That is how powerful he is. I also saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by what was written in the books. Then the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each one was judged according to his works. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So this, this is quite scary and this is quite real, but it's absolute truth. Verse 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. We're going to have a new world free from the grip of sin and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. See, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden before there was any sin in the world. Again, when he makes all things new, he's going to walk with us and talk with us. What a, what a time that's going to be. And he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. What a great picture, sometimes scary picture that gives of what is to come and what we can see in the future. And so from this passage, you and I can clearly see a few things. We can see how the story plays out. Firstly, we can see God gets the victory. Satan is thrown into the lake of fire and he is defeated once and for all. We can also see that there's a very clear judgment. We can see that God says, firstly, there's the book of life. That's people who know him and have given, given their lives to him during this time on earth and people who have chosen not to. And so that's the book of life. And then there's the book of death, as it were. And then even in those, we're judged according to our works and we're given rewards in relation to that. So that's, that's going to happen. It's going to happen for each of us. Each of us will stand and give an account for the way in which we've lived. And finally, there's going to be a new world for us to enjoy. And we're not going to float in clouds um, like little cupids. We're going to do life and do life to the full, but free from the grip of sin. And so that's scripture. And I believe it with all my heart as truth. So like we did a few weeks ago, let's get back into wartime thinking. That's kind of what Jesus was saying to his disciples. He was saying, you know, I'm going to build my church and these ominous uh, sort of battle gates of hell 
are not going to prevail against the church. And my challenge was is that we as Christ followers must sort of be um, in, in the war as it were and charging towards these gates to push them back. So God has called us to advance against the gates of hell by being part of his church. He's called us to give our lives for the Great Commission to see people come to faith across the globe. And this is amazing. In fact, just this week, if you go into BBC, the story is probably still there in the long story section. But it's about this nun who single-handedly saw 83 children saved in Nazi Germany that would have been killed. Astounding story of a lady stepping up and saying, I'm going to storm the gates of hell. I am going to do what God's called me to do. And just herself, that's how many people she saw saved. It looks different for everyone, but God's called us to step up to the plate. So if we know the end of the story as followers and soldiers for Christ, that changes everything. It's like being in a battle, but we know for sure that we are going to be fine. Imagine fighting a war. Imagine fighting a real-time war, knowing that you will survive and that you will be on the winning team no matter what happens. How would that make you feel? How would that make you live? Yes, you may take hits, but you know that victory is secure. Now, what we're talking about here in Scripture is not imagination. This is reality. This is happening now all the time. It's why in Ephesians 6, uh, Paul's writing to the, the church in Ephesus and he says, you guys need to put on armory today because there is a battle happening all around us all the time. But if I'm living in a battle and I know that I'm on the winning team and I know that victory is secure no matter what happens to me, do you know how that makes me feel? It helps me live with faith. It helps me live with freedom. It helps me live with sacrifice. It helps me live with joy. It changes absolutely everything but you may go well Craig if victory is sure why don't I let other people take care of the tough stuff for me why don't I let other people be in the firing line they can take the bullets they can take the hits they can take the arrows why don't I remain maybe with them but just a bit out of fire or why don't I let them jump out the trenches first I can, little, I can just hang back. Maybe if we look in a rugby analogy, maybe I, I'll let them do the big tackles and I'll sort of be there, but, but I'll, I'll just sort of be out of, out of harm's way as it were. Can't I just do that and then I can still be on the winning team? Can't I, can't I sort of escape some of the tough stuff? Why do I need to get stuck into the actual warfare with arrows and bullets flying as Jesus lays it out in Scripture? Well, for two key reasons, and these are very key for us to get today. Firstly, for the victory celebration that's to come. And secondly, for the reward ceremony, for the victory celebration and the reward ceremony with the king and commander and chief. So why do I say that? Well, let's do a fast forward to this victory celebration. You may have seen some movies before where the, the winning army comes through the streets and people are on the road and they're cheering and they're throwing flowers or they're playing musical instruments. They're celebrating this sort of time. Imagine the army there, the commander in chief is ahead and you're all there and there's people sitting on tanks or, or whatever else and you are celebrating. We have won a great victory. There's dancing, there's shouts of joy, there's jubilation, there is laughter. But what happens if you're in that crowd but you didn't really get involved in the battle. So you're sort of there in the mix with all the other soldiers around you and people are cheering and you might do a little bit of cheering, but deep down in your heart, you will know 
that you can't really celebrate the same as everyone else and you don't really have the same joy as everyone else because you weren't really in the field of warfare. You weren't really part of it. And so you, I would imagine that you'd actually have a sense of loss. You would have a sense of sadness because you would know that you just weren't really with everyone else. You see, if you stayed out of battle, if you played it safe, if you ran behind the others who were taking the hits, if you pretended to be injured so that you didn't actually have to go on the mission, or maybe you played dead so the enemy wouldn't touch you, then celebration wouldn't be quite the same. You would know that you weren't really part of the action and therefore not really part of the victory as well. In fact, that would feel awkward, strange, a little bit like being a fake, actually, a fake soldier or a fake player on a team. And this is why actually earlier on in Revelation, Jesus talks about what it's like if you want to try and do a lukewarm faith. He actually says it's impossible. It's not possible to do it. And the phrasing he uses is quite terrifying. He says, if you try to live a lukewarm faith, it's like I want to spit you out of my mouth. I'd rather you be hot or cold because of the dangers that happen. You see, the thing is, in battle, if you only go for things 50%, it's almost like you're actually on the enemy's team. Why do I say that? Well, in a way, you're helping the enemy because your fellow soldiers can't rely on you at all. Imagine going into warfare and your responsibility is to man the guns or your responsibility is to drive the tank, but you just don't really do it. It means that no one can rely on you. In a sports team, if you don't play your position and you're kind of like, ah, I'll just leave the rest of the team to it, the team's a man down. And in a way, you're actually helping the enemy. So that's one of the reasons for the great victory celebration is why we need to give our all. What's the second one, the rewards ceremony? Well, I want to look at a few passages as we get towards the close, which talk about the reward ceremony we have to look forward to. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, this is Paul talking at the end of his life. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. So this is Paul saying, I'm looking forward to this crown, this position, this reward for the life that I've lived. 1 Corinthians 9, it again talks about prizes. Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? run in such a way to win the prize. Not Now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, a sort of reward on earth, but we an imperishable crown. So he's saying, guys, we need to, we need to live the Christian faith because there's going to be a reward ceremony. And then finally, look at Jesus talking to his disciples. If anyone wants to, this is in Matthew 16. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life, play it safe, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses his life? What will it benefit someone if we live in absolute comfort and we sort of have everything the world has to offer, but actually we don't live according to God's way in the army? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with the angels in the glory of his Father. Look at this, verse 27. And he will reward each one according to what he's done. So Jesus says, I am going to reward you according to the way in which you've lived. 
So these rewards are real and they last forever. They're not like a trophy um, that we receive on earth or maybe an award that we can hang up in our office. These last forever. When the king comes to give out the awards, the last thing you want to do is sit clapping for others, but knowing there's nothing really to look forward to. I mean, imagine this. Imagine sitting and there's a huge crowd in a big hall and the king is there and he's giving out rewards for how people have lived. And you're kind of sitting there going, I'm not expecting there to be anything coming my way, no purple cross or anything, because I haven't really been involved in the battle. Again, it's going to be a sad thing to experience, but something none of us have to experience. I desperately want to live, you and I to live, to celebrate with the rest of the soldiers in the army and God's army and to wait expectantly for the reward from the king. No matter how big or small that reward might be, I want to be part of the action. And so that's why we fight. Once we've given our lives to Christ, that's why we join his army. That's why we go all out. That's why he says, you guys need to give 100%. You need to pick up your cross. Why? Because God knows what lies ahead. He knows that celebration that he wants us to be part of. He knows the rewards that are coming. We want to celebrate with the army and wait expectantly for the chance of reward. And whilst the battle may be fierce, the victory is sure. So we've looked at the fact that we know how the story ends and that the reason why it is inevitable as Christ follows that we get stuck in is because of the celebration with our commander in chief and the rewards from him. But maybe you're feeling as we close and I'd love to pray for these two groups. Maybe you're feeling you don't really have what it takes or you don't have much to offer. I want you to know in the coming weeks, we're going to look at the invitation to enlist in God's army. And that is only requirements of faith, availability and obedience. They're things that all of us can have. They're things that he's given all of us the opportunity to act in. And so I, I can't wait to look at that because God has a position and a place for each one of us. And he's given us everything we need to take part, however that looks. Maybe as well, you're exploring faith with us today. I want you to know that you can join God's mission. You can be part of, of what he's doing. You can have your name written in that book of life that we shared on this morning. Jesus gave his life to pay the price for your sin and mine on the cross. He made the ultimate battle blow against Satan when he purchased us on the, Christ, on the cross, when he defeated the works of sin. And today, if you would believe he is who he says he is and you would ask for forgiveness of your sin, he will make you new today. He will do it instantly today. He will give you purpose and eternal life. And I don't want you to wait. So I'm going to pray and I want to give an opportunity for us to respond to those different areas. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, firstly, there, there might be some Christ followers here listening who are going, if I'm honest, I know that I'm kind of hanging back. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm living with comfort and ease. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm just a little bit scared to, to take the bullets and the hits. And so I'm sort of shying away from what you're really asking me to do. I pray for, for each one in that position today that you would give the strength, the courage, the resolve to say, I want to step up to the plate. I want to be obedient. I want to be available. 
I want to be full of faith and Lord, please help me to live the life you've called me to, that we would look towards that great day where we want to, with all our hearts, celebrate with the King, knowing we've given our all and wait expectantly for reward to come for all eternity. And so I ask that you would help Christ followers listening today. You would, um, you would, you would help bring that, that first step towards picking up our cross and storming the gates of hell. And secondly, if you're here today and you have never given your life to Christ, you don't have to say anything fancy. You don't have to do anything fancy. You'll know God's challenging you because maybe right now, even if you're watching by yourself or you're with friends, you'll feel your heart racing. You'll, you'll know that you need to make a decision. The Holy Spirit will be knocking on the door of your heart. There's nothing special you have to do. It's just saying, Lord, I believe you are who you said you are. I believe that you are King Jesus, that you died and you rose again for my sin. Please come into my heart. Please change me. Please make me new. Please forgive me of my sin. And in this moment, he'll do that. He'll make you a son or a daughter. He'll make you a new creation and he will give you a purpose in his army, a purpose in his church as we storm the gates of hell together. And so if that's you and you've made that decision, please get in touch with us. We would love to help you on your journey of faith. Lord Jesus, thank you that, that you're at work. Thank you, Jesus, that you are touching and you're changing and you're transforming us. In your powerful name we pray, amen. Amen, so, so cool to be able to be together. If you made any decisions, maybe you made a decision to say, I wanna go all out for you, Jesus. Maybe you, you made a decision for the first time to give your life to Christ. Please get in touch. We would love to give you material, point you towards resources to help you in your faith. But thank you for being with us and stay tuned on WhatsApp and email as we look at doing some fast together as a church, some group prayer times, as we look at doing some youth things together. We're excited for that as we look at doing communion as well. Stay tuned. We can't wait for what God has in store in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks so much.